Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. So, a few things have been happening in the markets. For example, you may be wondering, what in the world is happening with crypto? And because of it, has our outlook on Bitcoin investments in general over the next one to three years changed as a result? Well, it's a long story in what has been a very bad couple of weeks for crypto overall. But first, given today's topic, we want to remind listeners that this is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the process or the investment opportunities referenced today will be profitable, especially with crypto, which of course may not be suitable for all investors. Instead, our podcast is meant for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here are solely those of LK Wealth Asset Management and LCK Wealth. Thanks, Lori. So with that said, by now, everyone must have seen or heard at least some of the news on 30-year-old Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF to his friends, and his company, FTX going bankrupt. It's arguably the single biggest test the industry has faced since Satoshi Nakamoto anonymously authored a white paper on Bitcoin in 2008, launching Bitcoin's original reference implementation along with the first blockchain database. But because old Sam was so admired by so many, by some of the smartest smart money people throughout the investment community, the most in-depth crack interviewers and journalists, and our illustrious Congress before which he testified on more than a few occasions, though I'm not sure if it was before or after the $40 million he made in campaign contributions, the tremors resulting from his collapse will extend far beyond whatever money is ultimately lost, but it's pretty safe to say it will be in the billions. And yet, what is even more ironic, as you wrote in your last Equus report, Bankman Freed had been something of a white knight himself. He bailed out everyone from crypto lender BlockFi and Voyager to making a personal investment in Robinhood when retail trading dried up and the stock collapsed. But the question belatedly arose, with whose money? Well, to begin with, he was raising cash based on the issuance of not one, but two of his own proprietary tokens known as FTT and Serum. And even worse, he was borrowing funds from one company, his crypto exchange, FTX, to fund another, his hedge fund slash trading firm, Alameda Research. 
That was run by his former girlfriend, Carolyn Edison, who is living in the same complex in the Bahamas as Sam. But worst of all, I think, was how he was allegedly using customer assets as collateral. That's known as commingling. And according to the law, commingling is an illegal breach of trust in which a fiduciary mixes their funds held in care for a client with their own funds, making it difficult to determine which funds belong to the firm and which belong to the clients, which is what this week's bankruptcy proceedings will attempt to unravel. But as a result, it seems a lot of people feel they were tricked from Third Point and Mayfield Partners to Sequoia Capital and SoftBank, who said they're writing off their investments, $210 million for the former and $100 million for the latter. And that's just the start. Other investors include Chase Coleman's Tiger Global, Anthony Scaramucci's Skybridge Capital, the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund, and Mike Novogratz's Galaxy Digital, just to name a few. The point is, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage in the days, weeks, and months ahead. That said, again, with a caveat that anything having to do with crypto is still considered speculative. A lot of what's going on, in my opinion, has been a result of stupidity. And all I can say is shame on them, starting with Binance. Binance is the largest crypto exchange and one of the earliest investors in FTX. And this whole run on FTX was triggered by Binance, which over the prior weekend announced they were selling all 580 million of their FTT tokens issued to them as a reminder by FTX because of an article they read in Coindesk. And yet it was Binance themselves who some time ago accepted as payment FTT tokens, which FTX made up when they sold their investment in FTX Back to FTX. Are you following this? <laughs> Binance was selling Binance was selling their equity stake in a company, FTX, because they wanted to cash out of that investment. But in so doing, they were willing to accept as a means of exchange an IOU backed by nothing more than the faith and credit of the very company they no longer wanted to have anything to do with. Now, I'm sure they had their reasons, like wanting to support the industry and its development, blah, blah, blah. Who does that? And also, amidst everything going on, it's really important to note, none of this has anything to do with Bitcoin. In fact, despite the impact it has and will continue to have on prices overall, as people are forced to liquidate whatever they can to meet margin requirements, I believe Bitcoin will emerge stronger than ever, not in spite, but because of everything that's happening. This, again, is the premise that you in particular have subscribed to and have spoken about in some of our podcasts. And of course, only time will tell if you're right or wrong. But just so people know, there are many who disagree and argue otherwise, including Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. However, while Bitcoin may be a consideration for people for many reasons, I agree that the primary justification should always have been that Bitcoin and decentralized finance were created to avoid this kind of thing in the first place. In other words, if a person doesn't believe in that premise, they probably should never have invested in any of them. 
I like what Jack Maulers, CEO of Strike, said on CNBC the other day. He said, the way to think of Bitcoin and blockchain is as an arbitrage. Money is the most valuable good we have in any market. It's the nucleus of a functioning society. We simply engineered the best version of it. So if you want to commit fraud, you don't use Bitcoin. And by the way, FTX had zero Bitcoin on its balance sheet because Bitcoin gives people property rights accessible to anyone and everyone on an equal basis secured by mathematics. Today, there are 19,200,000 or so Bitcoin in existence. But from the very beginning, Bitcoin was based on an immutable mathematical equation in which there was never to be more than a maximum of 21 million that could ever be minted, where each one is more difficult and costly to mine than the one before. So as a store of value, it couldn't be devalued as all fiat currencies ultimately are when central bankers print a virtually unlimited amount and pay us back over time with money that's worth a lot less. And we, as taxpayers, are the ones footing the bill for it all, which just doesn't seem right. That's the whole premise of decentralized finance, that no individual, institution, or country is ever in charge, and it isn't necessary for us to have faith in any of them that they will stand behind their currency when push comes to shove. So, while we definitely need some sort of regulations, every transaction and change of ownership on the Bitcoin blockchain is fully disclosed in the open, so everyone can see exactly what's going on on the chain at any time. Therefore, based on the principles and protocols of decentralized finance, trust is rendered unnecessary and irrelevant. But this is different than many, if not all, other tokens or coins, which were all created with rules and objectives very different than those of Bitcoin. And I, for one, have never had any interest in anything other than finding a gold standard, which I hoped and believed would ultimately prove a better store of value than gold itself. The point is... Everything going wrong this year has had to do with proprietary tokens issued and backed by private companies, not subject to oversight by anyone, and of course, leverage. But does this mean everyone and everything is a fraud? Of course not. There is, of course, Bitcoin itself, which can be bought, sold, and stored at a number of respectable institutions, including Coinbase and Fidelity. And without naming names, there are proxies for the commodity known as Bitcoin that can themselves be bought, sold, and held in most brokerage accounts. Some file quarterly and annual reports and issue audited financial statements with the SEC in compliance with the Exchange Act. And of those, there are some that are backed 100% by Bitcoin alone, which they state they will never hypothecate, lend against, or leverage when investing and which they hold in cold storage at a third-party custodian so there's no liability issue with anyone else. In other words, while it remains to be seen if the bankruptcy of FTX proves, as some think, to be some sort of a Ponzi scheme, it is possible for one to actually do due diligence and to eliminate as many variables as possible before making an investment. And those who say they were tricked, clearly didn't do their homework. And the answer, therefore, is, in my opinion, this is nothing more than a classic shakeout. 
No different than all those internet companies like Webvan and Pets.com went through in the dot-com bubble and bust. Many of them, you may recall, were pre-profit and even, in more than a few cases, pre-revenue when they first went public. In the same way, there have been thousands of crypto companies people started, many of them issuing literally thousands of their own proprietary tokens, and like FTX, many of them are so leveraged they too will go out of business, resulting in disruption across the industry. But when it comes to the real blowups, it's, as you say, always leverage that's the problem. Whether it was the dot-com crash, long-term capital management in 1998, or the 2008 financial crisis, it's always leverage that ultimately gets people in trouble. And it may be the most important thing on which Congress the SEC and the CFTC should be focused on, on disclosure and limits to borrowing, like they do with our federally charted banks. Otherwise, it's simply human nature all too often. When someone comes up with a great idea and that idea gains traction, people start to get greedy. And before long, someone starts to leverage things to get a better return. And then they think to themselves, if a little borrowing works out okay, well, why not add a little more? And if that works out, a little more until something finally breaks, which when the music stops, it always does. At some point, everything comes crashing down, seemingly overnight, like Ernest Hemingway said in The Sun Also Rises. It's just too bad that in the process, it takes the good with the bad, like Buffett talks about when he refers to the tide going out and you see who has clothes. So that's what I think. But I also think that out of the rubble, the strong will survive and prosper like they always have. And after some consolidation, the survivors will go on to become the Amazons, Googles, and Bitcoin of the world. Well, thanks for listening today. Barnaby and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, that you'll share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not and offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. 